The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Welcome to the December 20th edition of the PFF Forecast. Today we've got some questions from the dark web, and then we're going to go over the Week 16 slate because it's that time of the year. Let's rock. I can't believe you made it in today. It's been a rough week for you. Why? I assume all of your fantasy teams just got destroyed. I, I don't know. I didn't tweet about it. Did it really, if, if a tweet falls in the forest, did it, did it, did it actually happen? So that would just mean you thinking or typing the tweet out. And Do you think you could go an entire month without tweeting? I think I can. Here's the here's the question. I'm gonna, okay, I'm going to turn it over on everybody else. Do you think the NFL could not be funny for an entire month? No, no. I actually want to make this bet. <laughs> okay. Well, what month? January. January. <laughs> well, are you gonna are you gonna June? Tweet, are you gonna tweet out the podcast then? <laughs> sure. Okay. What What's the bet though? Um, just a gentle, gentle. Well, here's the thing. You, so I give you a lot of crap, but you actually are very good at choosing food. So a a dinner probably is, is a, is a solid bet. All right, let's do it. Now the parameters of this are you, you're allowed to go on Twitter. Obviously I can't monitor that. Actually, that'd probably be better for you if I did. It's something I'm counting on. (laughs) You can't like you can't do anything on Twitter. So a like, a retweet. Um, I'm going to look at your drafts. You can't have some some hundred inbox worth of tweets that you've like <laughs> screenshotted and sent to people. You also can't fucking DM people. I can't what DM? DM people on Twitter. That's tough. You okay. Have to go cold turkey. So okay. You can't do anything on Twitter. You can scroll through the timeline, but you can't do anything. I think I think this is like one thing where you and my wife are perfectly aligned in, in priorities here. Here's the here's the thing. I'm not gonna, <laughs> not gonna there. Here's the thing. Oh, that is such a great opportunity. <laughs> here's the thing. Am I allowed to send tweets i find obnoxious into the skype messaging to our friends other friends of pff um because i think you find that more annoying than me tweeting i don't know we should consult an arbiter on this one because that's a good question right i'm not sure if that falls under the jurisdiction of you have to go cold turkey from twitter because if somebody i mean if somebody tweets like on tilt about their fantasy team and it proposes rule changes to a game that's been around for 20 years because yeah. they lost one game based on one fumble. I should be able to give that to the masses, or at least like the five people in our in our Skype chat. I'm curious what people would say is harder, not going on Twitter at all or being able to go on Twitter and not tweet for you to do. What do you think would be harder? Because now I'm having second thoughts. Right, because... For me, I just kind of like use it as like a entertainment. So me tweeting oh, is just me yeah, being, of course, is just me being like, uh, 
you know, just something to do. But Finally, I, something that your wife and I are perfectly aligned on. <laughs> you're lucky that I like both you and yeah. your lovely family. Actually, you're lucky that I like your family. <laughs> <laughs> because that was too That good. was like an, an, an analysis so class in, in, uh, you know, in college where, where you wrote a proof and, and the professor's like, you actually didn't need that little part, right? That was you just now. Yep. Uh, that was basically all of the proofs I wrote. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not true. Did you write thank you, Sashi, in just a random like sentence in the middle of a proof? Yep. I also once uh, on the Putnam wrote, uh, Dr. Dre lyrics uh, Good stuff. to question 12. Yeah. Or uh, there's two sets of six, right? So it must have been question six. Okay. Uh, let's get into questions of the dark web. Of course, brought to us by Samparanta. Samparanta is a sparkling water for men, finally, because. There are a lot of sparkling waters, and they're all clearly for women. And men love sparkling water and football. And Samparanta is here every single week of the football season to help serve the most underserved population, which are uh, broke football watching males. So, recently uh, single too. This week's flavor is I can't even elderberry with a hint of massive credit card debt for all of you out there that play fantasy football like it it'll it'll help you uh rant and rave i can't people are hilarious to me (laughs) yeah that's why the uh economy crashes every couple of years these idiots (laughs) our questions (laughs) are ken keebles at ken keebles 13 he says trubisky's expected points added per dropback compares favorably to big ben deshaun watson andrew luck russell wilson matt ryan but his pff grade is comparable to Josh McCown, Brock Osweiler, Lamar Jackson. I don't know how Lamar Jackson worked his way into this. That <laughs> He should not be in this group. Ryan Tannehill. And then why, why, why? Ken Keebles is triggered by this. I'm triggered by what, When When Brock Ken Osweiler's Keebles. Dolphins played Mitch Trubisky's yeah. Bears, what was the result? Oh, man, I'm trying to think. This is an epic game where I believe the Brockening occurred. Yeah, interesting. Lamar Jackson, what's his record as a starter so far this year? Four and one. Oh, interesting. So we all have this common agreement that Lamar Jackson isn't very good at throwing and uh, that Brock Osweiler is also not very good at throwing. Yep. Independent of what their record is, either in specific games or in Lamar Jackson's case, a month of football. And yet we still haven't gotten and Ryan Tannehill is what, like six and three as a starter this year. Yep. And we haven't gotten to that idea about Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, you're you're triggered by this. That's okay. I understand that. Um, the Bears are ten and four, George. This, I don't is, know. this is a good question though, because people are not familiar with the PFF process. It's a hard one to understand, and this is a can be a divisive or a learning moment for a lot of us out there. Which is simply this: that the result of a play is not necessarily indicative of how a particular player on that play played. That, that's the moral of the story here. Yeah. Mitch Trubisky and the Bears overall have been a successful offense. Has it been because he has played really well? That has not been the case in the majority of his games. He has made a lot of turnover-worthy plays. A lot of them have not actually manifested in turnovers. 
His receivers have caught an abnormally high rate of his passes, so he's benefited there. He has a lot of good weapons and a good offensive scheme. Good offensive line. Good offensive line. And he also has the Blake Bortles secret sauce, a defense that is absolutely killing him. Putting you in good spots all the time. So the record is just not going to be indicative. I looked at um, expected points added on only expected throws. So these are the throws that we, we don't... We don't upgrade, we don't downgrade. And there are three players, this is interesting, there are three players who are generating positive expected points added on their expected throws. Can you guess who they are? Uh, I think I can. So Brock, one of them. Nope. Oh, interesting. On a positive positive EPA on, po- on expected throws. Yep. I may have cut Brock out because he doesn't qualify on the number of Ryan throws. Tannehill. Tannehill's close, but he's not there. He's sixth. Okay, Big Ben. Nope. Okay, I'm bad at this. What? Yep. I don't understand how you haven't got the first one. I said Mitch Trubisky, right? Okay, Trubisky is one. Yeah. Um, the other two. Oh, Nick Mullins. No. Damn it. I don't know how you can't figure out the, the obvious ones here. It's Mahomes and Breeze. I guess so. I, I'm, I'm jaded in the sense because... Breeze and Mahomes have so many positively graded throws well, that I'm ignoring. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, it, yeah. There is another uh, facet to this, right? Which is what Trubisky and his offense are doing is not a bad thing. It's a really good thing. But it, it, it's not showing. These are expected throws. These are the throws that every quarterback is making. Okay, So Mahomes and Breeze happen to have a great offensive scheme. Andy Reid, Sean Payton. I think we could have a great debate on which one of those coaches are the best coach in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. But what they're also doing is making positively graded throws at the highest rates in the NFL. And that's not something that Trubisky is, is doing. doing. He's making more negatively graded throws than positively graded throws. So my point being, my long-winded point, is simply to try and say that where Trubisky is generating value for his team are, are on plays where he's not actually doing a lot of the work. He is getting a, the average grade for that throw because it's expected. Yeah, and so there was another question that followed up by somebody, which I think was a bit disingenuous, but it was basically this idea of, if all because when I plotted, you know, basically EPA per dropback and PFF grade per yep. dropback in close games, the trend line fit eighty percent of the points really well. And and he made an argument that if you're off of that trend line, is does that show PFF's biased against that mm-hmm. player? And of course, like anybody that studied any math knows that like if you if if every point hugged the line, this is the Freakonomics, uh, you know. Uh, teacher test score thing right if everything hugged the line perfectly you would know that we were rigging the system because that's like a sign of it randomness happens and in this particular case that nobody seems to ask about how josh rosen and cody kessler their epa per dropback is way beneath the line they only ask about trubisky because trubisky obviously plays for a team that's overperforming same thing with the dolphins two quarterbacks they seem to be clustered together here right. i think it's a good i think it's a good uh and, and to, lesson here i because not the viewers can't see what you're talking about. They can head to your Twitter, sift through your endless number of tweets, and find that one. I will retweet it right now. How's find that? that one. But basically what you're saying is there are guys whose EPA doesn't match up with their PFF grade. Their EPA generated is much higher than what we'd expect from the other quarterbacks with that level of grade. Trubisky sticks out among that group. And, uh, yeah, it, 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 this is just a simple fact. If you watch the games that he's played and you actually analyze all of his throws i don't know how you could possibly come to a conclusion otherwise which is another reason why john gruden won that trade 
Yep. I agree. I mean, I think, um, you know, the Bears, and, and, and this could be one of the reasons, so we're not going to talk about Bears Jacksonville fans Jacksonville North. We're not going to talk about Bears fans very every much. every Bears fan. But the thing is, is the Bears do need Trubisky to work out. Yes. Because if he doesn't, they don't have a first-round pick until 2021. If he doesn't, they're the Jags. They're, they're the Jags. They are the Jags. They're so, the Jags with, a, with probably a better supporting cast. Speaking of the Jaguars, if you want to go to the PFF YouTube page, look at our... regression teams revisited we did talk about the Jags we talked about them preseason and we were called idiots for saying that defense regresses that Bortles is not on a clear linear path forward up to the top up to the top and 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 that's you know come to fruition we also took an L on the Falcons as we as we should have so just um, one yeah right uh so yeah go ahead and check that out great should we we move on these uh these games wow you're what a segue (laughs) It's a time where you and I are perfectly aligned. <laughs> the the, uh, the uh, games this week. Can we start with the? Can we start well, with a, a short game? First thing we've got to start with is that if you want, for the last time, we have to say this. Oh, that's right. If you want to get a little bit uh, more out of each game this week, because there are some bad ones. USF Marshall tonight. Yep, you can head to mybookie.ag. Bowl games, NFL games, USF plus three. basketball games. They've uh, they've got you covered. They also have in-game live betting. So. Ooh. You know, you show up a little late to the party. Still got a drink for you. Um, use promo code PFF to get a dollar for dollar match on your first deposit. It's very simple. PFF plus mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get aligned. Can I? Can I? Uh, can I just propose the first game we talk about yep. because it's going to be brief. Let's go. Let's go. Chicago minus four at San Francisco. San Francisco's third consecutive home game. There's really only one way to look at this game. We don't have a pick on it on Green Line, but if you're going to bet it. Nick Mullins is the better quarterback at home getting points. I have nothing else to say. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's go to the Saturday games. Saturday another, games. Another are that one knocked up. A beautiful combination of exactly what the holiday season is all about. You got to get the bad stuff out of the way early, right? You got to have whatever disgusting main course your yeah, aunt yeah. brings over for Christmas Eve first. So that you can get to the dessert that hopefully was freshly baked. But much like Washington, Tennessee, you can't discard your aunt. Right. She's your aunt. You've got to be nice. She's important. She this might game's have important. really weird political views. <laughs> yeah. This game's important, but it's, it sucks, but it's still important. Tennessee, Just like Washington the is su- a, the worst important game of the NFL season. Yes. And it can only be outdone potentially by Washington Philly, which depends upon the result of this one. It's happened so bad. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So that could potentially be the Sunday night game. And I am praying that that's a Sunday night game. I will be off Twitter for two months. Yeah. Right. Part of the bet. Okay, so the Titans are favored by 10, 10 and a half. The tough thing about saying this is simply too much is Josh Johnson is simply terrible. Yeah, but he was effective on the ground last week against the Jags, who have a better defense than Tennessee. That's true. And, and we know because of Lamar Jackson that running quarterbacks matter and true. can propel teams into the playoffs. Uh, Marcus Mariota has more clean pocket ints over the past two seasons than any other quarterback. Well, I, honestly, if you're going to look at a if you're going to look at a way to sort of handicap this game, what you look at is the fact that Tennessee receiving core. You're talking about Are what? bad Corey Davis, Tajay Sharp's questionable Generational for talent. a couple of reasons. I think uh, you know the the running backs are generational, obviously. Yep. Um, but 
you know their offensive line. When you start a conversation with a, about a team's offense with Derrick Henry and they're favored by ten points, you take the other side of it blindly. And, and, and Washington's defensive defensive backs have not been great this year. Like I think Josh Norman hasn't played up to his potential, um, but they're not terrible. They're they're you know the haha Clinton Dix and DJ Swearinger are ball hawks, right? They can take advantage of those throws. And even in the game where the Titans beat the Jags by a ton on that Thursday night, he still threw a clean pocket interception yep. over a wide open. He's still like, do you think there's flawed. a single team in the NFL for whom the Titans should be a ten or more point favorite against at home? No, I mean because because here's but the deal. That's a legitimate question. In like, week, are week we five, the Redskins are the worst team in the NFL. Right. Week week five, Washington or Tennessee. Granted, was on the road. They were only four point favorites against Buffalo, and every single Tennessee person said that was the yep. it was the biggest slap in the face that they've yep. ever seen. And Buffalo beat them outright, right? Yeah. And I, so, like, I this I agree a, with you. I, here's my last point because I think this is a good opportunity for you to enjoy a really bad game. The total for this game is set at thirty seven. It's the second consecutive You're Washington game. You're going to tell me that a game with a 37 total is going to be decided by 10.5 points. I'm going to take the other side of that every time. All right. The Sunday or Saturday evening game. This game may be the best game. Um, I guess probably two other games that are close to it. Um, but uh, one of the best games of the week. The formerly San Diego Chargers welcome in the Baltimore Ravens who are rushing in from Baltimore. Chargers 4 point favorites at the moment total at 43 and a half and um i'm gonna i'm just gonna fade two things the narrative about baltimore's running game being some massively successful unit that is going to torch the league and then secondarily the predictiveness of the ravens defense yeah i mean we've we've seen that a few times baltimore's absolutely the you know, a top five unit in the league, if not the best unit in the league. Um, but we've seen when they've played teams like the Saints, when they've played teams like Kansas City, that they can be the, – the other teams can score enough points, right? And, and uh, you know, when I look at this game, what it reminds me of, and obviously this is just one data point, but it reminds me of when the Broncos with Tim Tebow went into, went into New England at the end of 2011. Um, you know, they're on a hot streak, but – you look at how the schedule they've played. You look at the way that the quarterback is going about his business. You come into a team here that has a really good defense. The the plays that that um, Lamar Jackson has tried to make in the passing game are to the tight end. Well, the Chargers have the best tight end eraser in the NFL in Derwin James. James. Yep. I I think I think the Chargers kind of like you know they toy with the Ravens here a little bit. Now, as far as the total, you're talking about something at forty three and a half. We like the over. The reason I think you like the over in a game like this is I think it does end up something like thirty-five, you know, thirty-five ten or you know twenty-eight seventeen or something like that uh, in in favor of the Chargers. So if you're looking for you know a Saturday evening parlay, you know you go. This is a classic sort of like square slash chalk over and the favorite type thing. Yeah, I think this should be a good game. Uh, tight ends targeted against Derwin James uh, have netted a 16.7 passer rating. That's great. Yeah, I mean, well, you just remember the best the best offense in the NFL last week tried to throw a five-yard out to Travis Kelsey on a third and six yep. and just erased him. So. That was amazing. Derwin James one on one, so good, and it's so sad to me because I'm a, a 
big Niners fan, and I just wanted him so badly. And they had the opportunity. It's not that Mike McGlinchey is bad, but it's just like... Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's the point with value, right? It's not that Saquon Barkley's bad. You know, it's that Sam, you know, Sam Darnold could be far better real in terms quick, of value. redraft the top five, just sort of agnostic of team. Uh, Mayfield... Ward, James, Darnold, and then where else are we going there? Because Chubb's had a nice year in terms of statistics with sacks and stuff, but not grade. Not not particularly Um, playing that well. Jair Alexander fifth. I would, yeah. Jair's kind of fallen off a little bit, but he's been great. And I'd have a hard time still not taking Darnold second. The Jets suck. Yeah, no, and he looked great the other day. The uh, Jets and, are terrible, and he's only twenty-one. Like the thing about the thing that's interesting about the Mayfield Darnold yeah. Mahomes discussion is, is, is that Baker's May- older than Mahomes. Mayfield was in eighth grade when Darnold was born. Yeah, yeah. it's true. So that's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the Chargers the right pick here. Okay, Sunday. Um, Let's go through the, the bad games really quick. Atlanta at Carolina. This game sucks. Taylor, Tyler, Heinke, Nikki, Nuki. We may still be right about Atlanta finishing ahead of Carolina, despite how bad Atlanta's been. Yeah, that's great. I'm glad that Cam Newton is out. That is the smart move. Protect his trade value for this offseason. This game sucks. Uh, I don't think that the spread right now, Falcons on the road, favored by three and a half. I, that, this is a no play on my end. I mean, come on. Yep. Falcons have been a bit rough. Cincy, Cleveland, another game that is terrible. The Browns are favored by nine at home. The Browns are favored by nine. I repeat, the Browns are favored by nine. Yeah. Our friend Ed Fang pointed out that there are four mediocre teams that are favored by a touchdown or more this weekend. Uh, at home, Cleveland, one of them. I wrote in our show notes, Eric no longer cares about the Bengals after they got over five and a half wins uh, with their win against Oakland. So I think Cincinnati's the right side, but you have to have some major eggnog to uh, partake in that. Are you an eggnog guy? I'm not an eggnog guy. Not a big eggnog guy. It doesn't seem like your type of thing. Yeah. It's just uh, like if you want to drink, there's so many... Better, more drink. efficient, exactly. and better. It's like drinks. Miller. It's like Miller Lite. If you're gonna get, if you want beer, just have a good beer, right? Sure. Yeah, you don't even like beer. That's your thing. What about? Okay, here's a question because we're gonna go to this next game: the Giants at the Colts. Good. Colts are nine point favorites at home. Yes, they are. If you were were betting win totals, right? You bet the Giants under seven. Mm-hmm. They're currently five and nine, which means you at least get your money back on that bet. Yep. If you are of the risk-averse type and you think the Giants have a chance of... So should you hedge and bet the Giants plus nine in this game knowing that if they lose by a touchdown, you get not only your win total money, but you get that bet back. And if they lose by more than nine, you get your win total money back minus whatever you bet You're on the Giants. for a friend, I assume? <laughs> for a, for, a, for, for a, a friend, friend. yeah. I would, uh, do, I would do that. Because so, me- most people say you should only hedge if both if the bet that you're hedging with is positive ev and in our case it's not because we don't have a pick on this game it just depends upon what you know what kind of stake you have in the bet and and what your risk like if the giants win out then you're like really tilting off of this stupid you know this stupid win total bet 
Um, but you know you can recoup a little bit of it here by betting the Giants plus nine. I don't hate it. Yeah. Best of luck to your friend, by the way. Dale, uh, yeah. So the interesting thing about this game is that Tennessee favored by a bunch against Washington at home. Indy favored by a bunch against the Giants at home, and they both need to win yep. uh, to preserve that sort of win in your end game yeah. on week 17. Uh, but the, the, and then Baltimore has got this, you know, Baltimore-Pittsburgh is another side of that coin where Baltimore winning potentially screws over both those teams, right? Um, at the moment, Indy or Tennessee, if you had to pick one to make it to the playoffs, you're going with? Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because if Indy were to win this game, they and Tennessee would have an equal chance of making the playoffs 41% each. Um, we've, we've been on this for a long time. In October, we said, you know, here's a good bet. Bet the Colts division. They probably won't get there, but it was still a good play. I think we have to stick with our guns here. Indianapolis has the better quarterback. Indianapolis has the better coaching staff. Indianapolis has... And, and not to say anything about Tennessee, it's just that Indianapolis is so good there. Um, Indianapolis is doing the most with their defense. Uh, I know the game will be in Tennessee, but I, I love Indy here. I think if Baltimore were to falter, I think that the NFL would be better for it because I think the, the, the Indianapolis Colts are going to be a really exciting team in the playoffs should they make it. I have no, uh, I've not tested whether this is stable among offensive coaches or not, but the Colts have. I put this in air quotes, forced the most coverage bust of any offense this season by three or four. Um, the Steelers are second, yeah. uh, and the Chiefs are third. So, I mean, it Good company. sort of passes the smell test. But I think it's a testament to what f- an, another feather in the cap of Frank Reich, who has revitalized Andrew Luck in that offense. And, you know, this sort of speaks to his ability to... If the Colts the were to lose the game, they're only a... 13% chance to make the playoffs. So it's basically out of it if they were to lose. So I do think they would need Tennessee to lose as well and, and Baltimore, Baltimore to lose, lose, which are both possible. things that we can see happening. Got the Tennessee uh, shape. Well, actually, strong. even Tennessee doesn't even have to lose this upcoming game because they right. beat them and they'll have the, the tiebreaker the tie with the, sp- the sweep. They, it's mostly about Baltimore. And then Miami can creep in the back door uh, if, they, if they win a game here. Exciting. Okay, let's run through some other ones. Bucks. Cowboys, Cowboys favored by seven at home after a very disappointing loss. I, the, I do like the idea of the Cowboys figuring it out. I also hate the idea of the Cowboys figuring it out based on who that requires to figure it out. So I think for that reason, this one seems like... Here's an angle I, I like in this game. The, four, the total is 47 and a half, almost entirely because of Tampa Bay's defense being yep. bad. Yep. And we even like shade the over there. If you're playing DFS, think about the Dak Cooper stack. I think Dak and Cooper come back here. Last week, Cooper was completely shut out by Indianapolis. That's something that I, I kind of I kind of think is an interesting play here. Great. <laughs> I know you love fantasy. When I go discussion. spend four hundred hours this Friday building lineups. You don't have to. I just told you what to do. I used to build Legos. Now I just build DFS lineups. Brick by brick. Uh, Minnesota at Detroit. Best brick. I'm just bitter because both my <laughs> fans teams didn't even make the playoffs this season. Best brick. I used, to be, I used to be really good at season-long fantasy. Like I was dedicated. I did my homework. I had all, you know, I had like played in 
auction leagues. I had all my values and everything and like strategy ready to go. And ever since working for PFF, I have been awful. <laughs> awful because I don't put any time into it. Right. I, I just don't have any time when the season rolls around because I'm actually getting paid now to do other things. And so I, it's not for the love of the game, George. I also no longer have time on like Tuesday nights. Or Wednesday night. Just grind out waivers. So I don't pick up anybody and I miss out on every waiver. And it sucks, man. Uh, it doesn't suck that much, though. Uh, Detroit, a five point, five and a half point underdog to the Minnesota Vikings. I will uh, cede to you because you know everything about the Vikings. I. I hate this game. I hate this game. I think the Vikings will let down here a little bit. I don't know if they lose. Uh, I do know that they their their offensive uh, relevate. You know the renaissance uh, against Miami was basically due to being efficient running the ball early. Mm-hmm. Miami's defense is terrible there. Detroit's better there. Detroit couple of their redeeming qualities. They stop the run okay, um, and then and then Slay. She's really nice. <laughs> Slay. Has a good heart. Yeah. She's uh, comforting. Slay Slay on the outside can possibly cover one of the Vikings' two receivers when Detroit-Minnesota played the last time. He means well. Yeah. When Detroit-Minnesota played the last time, Minnesota was not efficient offensively. Kirk turned the ball over a couple times. So um, I do think there's an opening here for Detroit. I probably don't want to touch this game, yeah, But though. if you have to pick it and you're getting five and a half, I think Detroit is the right side. Yeah. Jacksonville-Miami, another amazingly great game. The Dolphins and all of their splendor are favored by four points at home against Cody Kessler and the Jacksonville Jaguars who, it turns out, are just an abomination of an offensive football team. Yeah, go Jacksonville, though. This game ends This game ends 7-3, in which case it's a push. Uh, if it ends 7-6, you get the money. Uh, Miami, we talk about Tannehill being one of the sort of more uh, buoyed by offense uh, than uh, his PFF grades. I think Jacksonville's defense, as as bad as the team itself is, can probably shut down the, the Miami Dolphins here. And as we talked about Miami previously, they have difficulties defensively, so maybe even Kessler, uh, Generation, and uh, you know the D.D. Westbrooks of the world can make a, a little bit of hay here. I have and, a hot take. The better quarterback is getting points in this game. All right, on to the next one. Buffalo Bills travel to the New England Patriots. I wonder who the quarterback for Miami is next year. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Hometown. hometown. That's a good call. That'd be fun. I mean, it can't be Tannehill, right? Who does Tannehill play for? Because Tannehill strikes me as Bradford. He's just not good. He's not even as good as Sam Bradford is. At least Sam Bradford has games where it's like, oh, wow. He's amazing. I don't think when every, week one last year. every week one of the past three seasons, except for this year. Uh, Patriots favored by thirteen at home against the Bills. Um, I don't know. I think you bet the Patriots here. Patriots at home have had a uh, have had a better season than on the road. The Bills are a team. Honestly, to me, the Bills are being overreacted to. They beat Detroit, which I think people think is a good football team. They had a they they almost beat Miami. You know, they had a close game against the Jets. The Bills are far more representable of a football team than anybody going into the season would have ever thought. Right. And uh and you know, New England I think will 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 stomp on them a little bit. New oh, England Josh was favored Gordon. by just as much when they went to Buffalo just a couple months ago. Right. And it ended up being ended up being fine. Josh Gordon no longer with the football team. 
I think that hurts them. Gronk is a corpse. And no Josh Gordon. I don't know. It, it worries me a little bit because they uh, certainly throw the ball to someone. Um, Green Bay, New York, Yets. The Jets are getting a lovely three points. This was a pick em early in the week, in which case Green Bay was a very good play. They're now still probably leaning towards Green Bay, though, right? Because the yeah, Jets, the Jets, just coming off the this Jets are what inspired the inspired play against the Texans. Yeah, and then the Bills too. They beat the Bills two weeks ago. I think Darnold is so inconsistent that are you chasing the two good games he's had in a row, or are you going to kind of go back to his mean this season? Green and Bay, you no know Rodgers. Rodgers is playing this game, and Rodgers is a smart guy. Rodgers knows that this is. How you pad those Hall of Fame stats? Rodgers also knows that if you go zero and eight on the, <laughs> on the road, road in a season, people are going to people talk are going to forget the f- about the fact that you threw one interception all year or two. About. I don't know. It's a close one. Uh, Washington, Tennessee. We talked about Houston at Philly. The Nick Foles effect is very real because the Eagles are two and a half point favorites. The Eagles are not a very good football team. They beat a very underwhelming Rams team in a Los Angeles stadium that the Coliseum that was very much split between Rams and Eagles fans. It was crazy. I did not. I walked out. Uh, I'm not telling a story to say that I walked out on the field because I walked out on the field, but because I was so shocked at the number of Eagles fans that were there, it was 10 to one. I mean, it was before the game, obviously well before the game, but 10 to one Eagles to Rams fans uh, in the stands. And, and so it, I don't know that I'm going to read too much into that game. Uh, but that being said, you know, they're less than a three-point favorite at home. I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a, it's a good – the thing is, is why, do we, why do we get so – we get so much flack for being anti-Houston. Right. But, like, Houston the, – the entire market seems to believe, as we do, that Houston is a product of one of the simplest schedules in the league. They are – you know, their their best player is a wide receiver, as we wrote about this week. Um, the best non quarterback yeah, in the, the NFL. Check out Eric's story. Yeah, and and like I don't know if that's necessarily sustainable, but it does scare the heck out of me. If I'm backing the Eagles here minus two and a half, and I'm looking at those cornerbacks who are a hamburger away from being George, then I you know. I'm struggling at wondering how they cover Hopkins, especially if the guys like QT and and you know QT plays and I, the, the 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 one matchup here that I think is in the Eagles' favor unequivocally is that terrible offensive line of Houston versus the pass rush that is the Eagles. I don't disagree with you. Um, here's a question: Are the Eagles the most underrated team in the NFL right now? Who would you go with? Oh yeah, I. It's hard to call them underrated when they've legitimately sucked at times. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm saying I'm saying Colts, but people are like backing but, the Colts. So but they're heavily. a nine point favorite. People love the Colts. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I do like. There's a good point to be made that it's Houston. Interesting. Because. I think it's swung all the way the back the other way. The fact that they're two and a half point dogs to Nick Foles, but. Don't you think they'll be a huge public team getting points? 
I don't know. I, I think Houston's a small. Well, Houston's a big market. It's weird to think about, but it's right. not. It's not considered people a big love, market. But people love Houston. I, I love Deshaun Watson. I yeah. really hope the Texans win this game. I do. I would love to see Deshaun Watson in the playoffs uh, in a position to make some moves. I do not want to see the Eagles and Nick Foles. Well, what you don't want to see is New England. Uh, Rewarded for right, having right. a mediocre season with another yep. two seed. Yep, it would I just would, be. Would like to avoid that. The, yeah. Did you know Nick Foles doesn't look at the scoreboard? Interesting, because there was that picture of him looking at his hair. So he has spend more time looking at his hair All, than when when you're so focused on God and His good graces, you don't even recognize the scoreboard because you're because you know it's taken care of. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. That's how I get through life. Uh, Rams Cardinals. <laughs> no, I so. So the, uh, the no, underrated. You don't want to move on. You want to move on, okay? I do. I just was curious who you think the most underrated team is because I think you can make a case for the Eagles, um, and I think you're right in saying you can make a case for the Texans. Um, the Colts, I just don't know if they're actually underrated. Yeah, yeah. I feel like people love the Colts because of their offense. Um, Rams, Cardinals. Let's move on. Yeah. Bet the Cardinals. Plus fourteen. Yep. Just do it. Uh, Bears, Niners, we, we talked, talked about, about this. Best, better quarterback getting points here, better Nick Mullins. Better quarterback getting points. Pittsburgh, New Orleans, a marquee matchup here. The, here's, here's the question that I have in this game. So the Saints are favored by six. The Steelers desperately need to win this game. Mm-hmm. And the Saints, they do. Their Super but Bowl, their Super Bowl less. probability changes less than a percentage point with a win or a loss. Yeah, so... It's hard for me. The Steelers, the Steelers' probability of winning the division is cut by a by a third if they lose. So, so my, there's so much more leverage I, for Pittsburgh. So here. I think if this game is played in Week Seven, the Saints are the right choice. And I think, given where we are now, I have a hard time lo- yeah. asking the Saints to cover in a dome against a, a very good offense. The 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 question you have to ask is, and this number has moved towards New Orleans. It was started out at five yeah, and a half. Which is interesting. So, the the question you have to ask yourself is, what is more indicative of who the Pittsburgh Steelers are? Those are the three game stretch where they lost to Denver, Oakland, and and San Diego, right? Or Los Angeles. I still see, but or are they the team that beat? the Patriots by a touchdown last week, holding them to 10 points and really a fluky seven points really at the beginning. So I think that the market thinks that the three games prior are more indicative. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, cause I, I, you, we, we did this on the pod on the uh, YouTube channel. I'm making the case that the loss of the chargers really wasn't a loss yep. on this, on the stat sheet. Neither, neither was the loss of the Broncos of five and you know, four turnovers, okay. Including the so throw right into the gut of a nose tackle. One side of this, minus I'm, six. You're I stay six. away. I, I think. I think no, six. Is, like some people play in like you know oh. season long to all pick them where they have to pick all the games. Hard to go against our numbers, but I can see why our numbers are not pointing. I I don't know, man. New New Orleans in a dome's tough. Yep, I agree to go against. So I I still go New Orleans, but I can see the Pittsburgh side pretty pretty. I think the Pittsburgh side's more than fair. By the way, I just like moved my contact, and now I like, can't see out of my left eye. This is the struggle that I go through. The what I think is the best game of the week: the Seahawks and the Chiefs in Seattle. Seahawks are a two point, two and a half point. Sorry, home dog. I generally 
think the Seahawks as a home dog is one of the better bets that you can make. I remember last season when they were a seven-point dog to Philly. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. That might have been my second favorite bet of the entire season besides the Patriots covering 16 and a half at home. <laughs> um, but this one worries me a little bit. So a couple things that I think are important to talk about. People always watch the last game that a team played. And I was actually talking to Chris about it because this is the Sunday night game. And he watched the Seahawks-Niners game and he goes, man, the Seahawks look terrible. You know, they busted three coverages. Uh, it, was, it was really not a good look for them. But that was the ultimate trap game. They mm-hmm. had just won a very important game for their playoff chances. That game against the Niners didn't matter that much, actually. It only dropped their chances of going to the playoffs by like 3 or 4%. And this game coming up is a big game on a, in prime time. So that was the, the prototypical trap game. I'm not worried about that game. I'm going to look at the big picture for the Seahawks. Yeah. And the question is whether when you look at the big picture, are you emboldened by them or not? No, because here's the deal. <laughs> Seattle was a three, three-and-a-half-point favorite against Minnesota two weeks ago. Yep. They were. Minnesota is not a mere point behind Kansas City. Sure. So either the market was wrong about, Can- about Seattle back then, which last week against San Francisco would only go against, mm-hmm. or the market is undervaluing Kansas City relative to Minnesota, which I think is probably true. Based on what happened last week with Kansas City. Rewatching that Kansas City game was weird because they it was just a penalty fest for them in the second half. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, is that their offensive line? Is that the, the Chargers pass rush scaring them? Like you as a devout, devout believer in, in late li- I, late Chiefs. convert. What, what's your because that was disturbing how bad they were well, offensively. So the Chiefs, the Chiefs were with a backup left guard, a backup right guard, sure. a backup number two receiver, a third string running back, mm-hmm. all that offensively, right? So that has to take a toll on discipline, doesn't it, right? Like if so. you're not, tr- you know, and it was like the offensive line that got called for holding on that last drive or, or false start or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um so I do think like the lack of continuity, they do get these t- they do get these ten days off, right? Which I do think matters, all that kind of stuff. I do think that that matters uh, in trying to be better that way. Mm-hmm. Defensively, they've been a mess all year, right? They've been very good up front, but they've you know interchanged linebackers from last season. Their defensive backfield had Eric Berry for a half. They only gave up seven points during yeah. Eric Berry's first half. Full participant in practice this week. We'll probably play the whole game now. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I think a lot of uh, the, obviously the Chiefs have been good because of the one constant, which has been Pat Mahomes along with Andy Reid, but along the edges, they have a ton of things that have been falling down at times for them this season. Kendall Fuller breaking his wrist prior to the game. Um, Andy Reid not going for fourth and three at the Chargers 42. That was a particularly terrible decision. Yeah, Uh, I don't, and, and, uh, but do you, but I assume Andy Reid learns from that. Well, this has been the thing that you've kind of made fun of before, which I, I will make yes, fun of myself for, hilarious. which is the Chiefs' three losses are permuting the ways in which they can learn from losses, right? This like, is the most optimistic fan take. In I, 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 admittingly so. They lost to the, they lost to the page. Know, your take yesterday that uh, Jared Goff is closer to Nick Foles than he is to Pat Mahomes. <laughs> 
I almost slipped. Find, fell find the lie. Find the lie. Uh, the the uh, the loss of the Patriots. They just got behind early. Yeah. The loss of the Rams. They turned the ball over late. The loss to the Chargers. They couldn't hold the lead. Right. Like you learn. Those are three ways you lose in the NFL. Right. So sure. losing those games, I feel like, is somewhat instructive. I don't know if that's predictive of anything, but no, as a fan, I'm gonna fan. I'm gonna be optimistic. There are a couple things that worry me about the Seahawks. They're Love of running the football, particularly on second and long, is just terrifying. How many tough points do they have in the bank, though? It's so interesting because you, all you have to do is is look at the contrast between the two teams. The Seahawks pass or run the ball forty eight percent of the time on second and long. The Chiefs eighty uh, sorry eighty three percent. The Chiefs pass it the most often. The Seahawks pass it the thirtieth most often, and the results bear in mind or you know bear forward which is more valuable right the chiefs have been the most successful second and long offense in terms of success rate in terms of first down conversions in terms of yards per play in terms of touchdowns scored and the seahawks have been worse than 25th in all of those things so um that you know that's one area where it often will get overlooked but it might be uh, a way that you can sort of tease these two teams apart um and, you know, in general, I just think the Seahawks are not a very good defensive team. And I think people probably, because of Bobby Wagner's greatness and because it's the Seahawks, um, assume they're a little bit better than they really are. But on early downs, they are uh, the worst um, in terms of yards per play. So, uh, you are one of the worst teams in the NFC, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, something that I would be a little worried about. Um, that being said, it's in Seattle. And and that does matter a lot. I do. I it is it is one of those things where you just but you look at the numbers and you say, are the, the that number just seems like it should be more like three and a half. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just tough. It's in Seattle at night. That is a real home field advantage. So this is one that, man, it's tough. I, if you had to go to if you had to pick one side with Chiefs fair by two and a half, you'd go with Kansas City. I think so. I, I think the Chiefs are just better than the five points than the you know the five point difference that the that the, the market would imply relative to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm with you there, uh, and I might. I think that eh, I don't know. I was going to say the over, but I just always root for points. Uh, it's fifty three and a half by the way. Denver uh, two and a half point favorite in Oakland. This game is just hot garbage i think if 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 motivation's taken out of the equation i think denver's probably the side here but denver away from home is a struggle bus sometimes the 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 game that this reminds me of though is the game against arizona where they're playing a team they're short favorites on the road and that team happens to be so bad that denver does have some fun wow what a what a way to cap off tess wit bug denver oh and trip Tess Witt Boog Trip, by the way, in case you didn't know that. Jeff Triplett, who I'm sure just loves the nickname Trip. All right, that's going to do it for Week 16. Uh, of course, we will be on the horn with you on Christmas Eve. Um, it should Football never sleeps. Uh, look, I've been... I always, over the holidays, that's when I actually have time to listen to podcasts, and there are never any that are out there. So we'll hit all the Week 17 games, maybe a couple of playoff scenarios. Should be out by... Uh, 10 or so Eastern time on Christmas Eve. We'll record it first thing uh, Monday morning. Head to ProFootballFocus.com. Check out Eric's column on uh, DeAndre Hopkins. And you can also check out our picks column. We'll do a better job of saying what the lock of the week is. 
blown back. Maybe that's our editor's fault. Cam. What the heck, Cam? Yeah. All right. Later, guys. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Festus. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.